Welcome to another edition of the Jungle Juice Podcast. Sam Gormley, and he's back. Mick Nelson is back today, uh, joining us again. Uh, Mick, welcome back to the pod. Happy to be back, Sam. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was out last week. I had to take an exam for uh, my profession, and now I'm back. Now I'm back. So I want to make sure, too, that we thank time. our good friend Alex Schubert for filling in for you last week. We yep. answered a lot thank of big you, questions about the offseason. And I know Alex wants to come back, so at some point, I'm sure we will bring him back to break down everything that we need. For sure, for sure. He, he did he did really well. Uh, so thanks thanks for filling in, Alex. You were great, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you back here soon. We we see him quite we see quite a bit of him too. So. Yeah, and it's weird because Alex is one of our friends that we have that has season tickets, and it's it's really funny because we go you know a period of about three or four months where we see him you know eight or nine times, and then it's funny because it's like okay, we'll see you. In- We've been really bad about keeping up with him about going to a Reds game or getting dinner or something like that. And so because of that, it's always been one of these things that it's like, okay, we'll see you in August. Like we'll see you at the next preseason game. So hopefully we'll do a we'll do a better job at that this year. It's just kind of funny those people that you you tailgate with or you have season tickets next to that, you know, are your friends for a couple of months, then you kind of forget about them again until August or September. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try not to do that this year. So. Coming up on the show today, we are going to break down the Bengals' offense, um, and it's perfect timing that they have a new leader now, technically, of this offense. We'll tell you who that is. We'll talk about that. Uh, somebody leaves. Somebody's promoted to take that job, as we've talked a lot about and predicted. We will break that down. We're going to go position by position on that Bengals' offense. What did we like? What didn't we like? Who are the players that are free agents? Should they bring them back? Should they not? Are there any potential cut candidates on this Bengals offense? It's going to be an offensive kind of show. Uh, We'll talk about the Jake Browning contract because it's a a little weird. Uh, Plenty to discuss on today's show. Remember that you can follow us on our social media channels. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitter. Just look for us, Jungle Juice Podcast, on there. We're also on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and so on. Uh, Mick, I I can't I know I brought a our country of the week last week with Alex, and are you ready for this week's country of the week? Sure. To who listened to last week's episode of the podcast, and it just kind of makes sense that Alex Schubert fills in, and we immediately get Poland Russia. Really? Yes. So I, I guess is Schubert Russian. It, it um, wouldn't shock me. I don't I don't know. But, he's uh, kind so of, yes, he's kind of pasty. So um... it's yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't ne- necessarily surprise me but yes so we had our listener in russia i don't know any russian um our good friend leroy is learning russian so i probably could have asked him to teach me something in russian in the meantime to where i could have you know been all fancy and said something russian but uh i don't so uh thank you for for listening how about we just dive into some of the news of the week and it really saddles around first off it happened i guess what was it late monday evening it was announced that Brian Callahan was going to be leaving the Bengals to be the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Mick, what was your first reaction to that? Uh, Well-deserved by uh, Coach Callahan. Uh, has been, um, you know, a steady presence in the locker room and on the coaching staff for the past five years. Uh, he's been a lot around the league for quite a while. 
uh, I think he kind of started coaching as soon as he, you know, became eligible or became able to coach. Um, so you've seen him work with a lot of a lot of good quarterbacks. He worked with Peyton Manning for a while in Denver, worked with Matthew Stafford for a few seasons, uh, and obviously has helped uh, develop Joe Burrow. So uh, well-deserved by Coach Callahan, uh, wishing him nothing but the best uh, in Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's it's a good hire for Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's you could tell that they have a young quarterback who has shown a lot of promise, you know, with Will Levis. So it made a lot of sense that they would potentially want to look and find an offensive-minded head coach. And what's best, though, too, is that one of Tennessee's biggest weaknesses over these past couple of seasons has been their offensive line, similar to the Bengals in that realm. And Brian Callahan's father might be the best offensive line coach in the NFL you know, and so he probably that could have been in the works too, where Bill Callahan could potentially follow him to Tennessee and become, you know, something along the lines of that, whether it's offensive line coach, assistant head coach, or, or something to uh, jump in and do that. But I think that almost is an underrated aspect that the Browns then lose, you know, a key coach on their staff. Now, again, that's nothing official. That's more us just predicting and reading in between the lines and so on. But I, I think it could be important. Yeah, well, so I don't think the Titans can just poach Bill Callahan to be the offensive line coach in Tennessee, or that the Titans can poach uh, Bill Callahan to become the offensive line coach. Like, there had to have to be some type of promotion. Now, does Brian make Bill the offensive coordinator in Tennessee? Maybe that's... Uh, there are ways to work around that, no, now. Like, he can be the assistant head coach or, you or know, things like that. Or he might already be the run game coordinator in, in Cleveland. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely when Bill Callahan's contract expires. I mean, that's that's definitely a real possibility he could come to Tennessee and, and, and coach under his son. And then immediately it opened up the offensive coordinator position for the Bengals. And as we touched on last week, Dan Pitcher, their quarterback coach, was going on interviews left and right. He interviewed with multiple teams. I know he interviewed with the Saints. He was interviewing with the Raiders, interviewing with a couple of teams. And immediately when Brian Callahan left, you could tell Zach Taylor had one guy that he really had in mind, and that was to promote Dan Pitcher for the quarterback coach. I know he interviewed uh, the Seattle offensive line coach, for being honest, Mick. That was just to solidify the Rooney rule, which requires that for a coordinator position, as of 2021, that the Bengals had to interview one minority candidate for the co for the coordinator position instead of just promoting. So they had to interview somebody like that. They did their interview and then promoted Dan Pitcher earlier today. It's not technically official, but it's been reported. You know, Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic confirmed Ian Rappaport's report. Jay Morrison from Pro Football Network did the same. It's pretty much, Mick, Ben, what we had thought for a while that Dan Pitcher was going to be promoted and be the new offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, yep, and uh, I was a little worried. I, I, I kind of talked to you about this beforehand. Uh, he was interviewing uh, with the Saints, with the Raiders, with the Patriots. You know, all three have defensive head coaches, uh, so I was, you know, kind of worried that Dan Pitcher maybe would want to go to those places and, and maybe showcase his, his play-calling pr uh, prowess uh, more than he probably will in Cincinnati. But uh, really, really glad he's getting retained um, to be the offense coordinator here. So, yeah, it's a well-deserved promotion for him. I really don't think the whole play-calling thing in that realm means a whole lot. 
Because in my eyes, you know, you're looking at a bunch of these coaches that are getting picked as well aren't play callers. You know, I, I mean, how many times has Sean McVay's offensive coordinator been taken? You know, Zach Taylor wasn't a play caller. Kyle Shanahan, you know, how, how many of his coaches have been taken? So I don't know the, how much of an impact that has. Because here's the biggest thing, too, is it's like, let's say he goes to New England. He's going to be working with, okay, we'll just say Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback or Jaden Daniels, maybe, or whoever the Patriots decide to take, you know, in that first round early on. Okay, you go to New Orleans, you're working with Derek Carr. Okay, the Raiders, who the heck knows who their quarterback's going to be? Aiden O'Connell or Joe Burrow? Hmm. <laughs> to yeah, me, yeah, it, the, it, the, it's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, the personnel is definitely a, a big, you know, draw factor, you know, for Dan Pitcher to come back. But if we're just, I know you're bringing up McVay coaches. I really can't really. Who who else other than Lafleur and Zach have gotten a head coaching job? Um, you have uh, uh, Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Okay, there's a third one. Uh, okay, and clone of uh, Zach Taylor, Kevin O'Connell. Yes, yes, uh, no. It's 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 honestly really funny. Uh, Zach Robinson has been getting a lot of offensive coordinator uh, interviews and so on uh, to to be that potential of. I know I think he had some head coaching interviews and and it's. I think, but the Kyle Shanahan works, you know, Mike McDaniel. Heck, the Kyle Shanahan thing is legit. That That's a legit, you know, those guys weren't really calling plays there, so I'll give you that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I just think that if you, if it goes really well, and it's kind of a big risk, too, because if it goes really well, you can become a head coach the next season. We're kind of looking at uh, Bobby Slowick, uh, quarterbacks coach with San Fran last year, offensive coordinator with Houston this year. Uh, has completely transformed that offense uh, just because of how good of a play caller he is. And uh, he's, I would say he's probably getting a head coaching job. I don't know where yet. Um, I, I heard the Chargers job just got um, it did. just got snatched up by, uh, by national champion Jim Harbaugh. Congrats to Jim Harbaugh. So well, I guess we could say national champion for now, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Until it gets vacated. It's not getting vacated. No. I don't know. I don't know. They we're we're not going to have a college. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Connor Stallions or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it'll, it's a great move, though, in all reality, for the Bengals to promote Dan Pitcher. Because another big thing with this, too, is it's like Joe Burrow likes him. Joe Burrow trusts him. Yeah. That, that, that means something. Yeah. That means something that, that Burrow has the respect for him. Because I know Bengals fans, immediately when it came open, they said, you know the one name that they kept bringing up. Uh, you know, Joe Brady. Joe Brady. No way, Buffalo, let's go. <laughs> Joe yeah, Brady. That, that's the biggest thing. Is It's like he is, technically, yes, he is an interim offensive coordinator, but he's probably going to get that tag removed. And, and, I mean, I don't know. It's just, and then the other one, I know, Cliff Kingsbury. Does that no. really excite you? Like Absolutely. for me, you know, he somebody, apparently interviewed interviewed Dan with the Steelers Lob today. Somebody yeah, I did see Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky in the Houday Nation group. Uh, now I do like Dan Orlovsky as an announcer. I, I do not. Uh, I don't like Dan Orlovsky. You should be bought. You should be blackballed from doing anything with football when you when you run out of the end zone. You do know that his at at, at one point his Twitter bio was for a long time said end zone should be eleven yards long, which is honestly <laughs> uh, a really good line. Uh, and also somebody can... else that was actually decent did that recently. Garoppolo, did Garoppolo do that, or was it Golf? 
think it was Garoppolo. I don't, I don't remember, but I think it's good for this Bengals offense to get some continuity and so on. I know that the rumor is, is that Brad, Brad Cragthorpe, who was the assistant quarterback coach, looks like he will be promoted to the quarterback coach. And this does open up some opportunities, too, for whether Zach Taylor might want to add a position to the staff. You know, will he give Troy Walters maybe the passing game coordinator position as you know, or just try to add some of that to make those more attractive? Because here's the thing, Brian Callahan, he could poach some of these coaches. You know, he might tell Troy Walters, hey, you want to be my offensive coordinator in, in Tennessee? And and that's the downside to losing some of these coaches and so on. You never know on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe, maybe he sees somebody over there that he really likes. You know, James Betcher has kind of been rumored that if Lou Anarumo left, that he would potentially be the Bengals' next defensive coordinator. Maybe Brian Callahan has a good relationship with him. So it'd be interesting to see how some of those in the fallout could come from the Bengals losing their offensive coordinator to be a head coach. Yeah, yeah. Any one of those guys could be poached. Here's my dark horse for Brian Callahan's pick, and I know you love this name as much as I do because I actually wanted him to be uh, – I, I was kind of wanted him to be the head coach after Marvin, uh, but Jim Bob Cooter um, hmm. has good has good rapport with Brian Callahan. They worked uh, together in both uh, – I think in both Denver and Detroit, if I remember correctly. So a uh, lot of rapport there. He obviously has the experience. So I think that's probably – I mean, I, I have not looked to see who the who would be the favorite for the OC position, but I would think he would be among them. Um, but yeah, yeah, but still, any of these any of these assistants could be could be poached. Uh, another name that had been mentioned, and again, we're kind of getting off topic talking about the Titans' offensive coordinator, but is Liam Cohen, who's Kentucky yep. University of Kentucky's offensive coordinator. He is a McVeigh disciple in that realm, and he was Will Levis's offensive coordinator his best season at the University of Kentucky. So I know that's been some of the uh, connections there. How about the Bengals' offense as a whole? Let's let's talk about this, and let's just go. I think we can go position by position, and then I think we can go with some bigger picture ideas from the offseason or from the offense as a whole. Today's show we're all about offense. Next week we're going to go all the way into the defense because the defense there's there's a lot of questions on that defense. And we've touched on a lot of these over these past couple of weeks, but I think there's still some interesting things as we talk about, as we roll along the quarterback position Uh, to me, Mick, this is the most solidified room on the team. Joe Burrow's your starting quarterback. Jake Brown is your backup. Sweet. Yep. You're awesome. You're set. Yeah. Uh, Not much needs to be said here. Um, if we're doing a quick recap, um, you know, obviously Burrow was uh, dealing with some health issues, um, you know, for the majority of, majority of the season, the uh, first four weeks dealing with the calf. Obviously, he was out with the wrist injury. We got to see an extended uh, period of starting from Jake Browning. And uh, Jake Browning did not disappoint uh, by any means. Uh, I would say given a full year, he would be a middle of the red starter. Uh, that's kind of how he played this year. Um, you know, obviously the numbers aren't as great as Burroughs, but still moved the ball down the field when he needed to, uh, showed some mobility, uh, showed some showed some grit. Um, you know, he showed a lot of toughness, uh, you know, in the seven games that he played. So really happy that we're going to retain him for at least one more season, and then I think he's probably gone after that, uh, unless the Bengals want to shelve out uh, you know, really good QB two money to 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 Jake Browning. 
with this, though, his contract is a little interesting because it's a different level. So what it is, he is an exclusive right to free agent. So what that means is that the Bengals have the choice by the end of the league year, which is, you know, about second week of March, to extend a qualifying offer to Jake Browning, which is a one-year contract at the league minimum, and it's based on experience level. So it'll be about one year, $850,000 or something like that. Jake Browning then has a decision to make. He can either accept it and play on that money, or he can not play in the NFL next year. That's that's pretty much the decision. It's like the franchise tag in, in that realm is the exclusive right for that. Now, Jake Browning's not the only Bengal that has this exclusive right. The other one is Cal Adamitis, the long snapper. Technically, they'll be able to do the same thing for him in that position as well. But that that really contract-wise and free agency-wise is the only thing. Uh, what will be interesting for me, Mick, is what happens with that practice squad quarterback. You know, will it be Drew Plitt? Uh, will A.J. McCarron want to stay on as a practice squad quarterback? Like, I'll be interested to see. Will Could you see a seventh-round pick or a sixth-round pick of a quarterback or something in the NFL draft or an undrafted guy? I think that will be interesting to see if they can try and find the the next Jake Browning to be the backup to Joe Burrow if they don't want to pay Jake five, six million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to to see. I haven't really thought that far ahead on the third quarterback, but yeah, I mean um yeah, I'd hope AJ could stay, but I don't know if he's gonna necessarily want to. Uh I wonder if he's probably gonna go back to the uh What's the new league called now? UFL. The UFL. I wonder if he goes back there, tries to uh, showcase his talent uh, a little more. Uh, definitely worked out well for him last year. So, Or maybe he just says, you know what, I'm, what, 33? Yeah, time to go home to my, um, to Catherine. And, uh, okay. Okay, Musburger. Calm down. <laughs> uh, time to go run- home to Catherine and the kids. <laughs> Running back position, uh, your returners next year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, Joe Mixon, let's come back to that in a second, Chase Brown, Chris Evans, technically are all under contract next year for the Bengals. Free agent is Travion Williams. Let's revert back here to Joe Mixon. Cutting Joe Mixon would be $2.75 million in dead cap money and would save $5.75 million. Mick. Alex and I talked about this last week when you weren't here, um, and we were on different sides of the of the aisle on that. I am on team shake Joe Mixon's hand, tell him thank you very much. I appreciate all the work you've done, but it's it's time to move on. Where he went, he said that the Bengals should bring him back. For you, what's the decision? Yeah, uh, so I'm kind of torn on this. I kind of see both sides of the argument. Um, on one hand, I think Joe Mixon is still a very cost-effective, um, good value running back uh, in the league, especially after we restructured his deal, and he does offer, uh, you know, something different than what we uh, we than what we already have in Chase Brown. So that little thunder lightning combo really excites me. Um, now I do think if we do move on from him, we are not going to go for a Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. Um, Derrick Henry? Or, You're saying we're getting Derrick Henry? Henry? We're not getting a Derrick Henry. 
If, but those that odd that odd site had the Bengals as the favorite to get Derrick Henry. Did you not see that? Yeah, that odd site's gonna lose a lot of money if people actually bet on that. Um or well no, it's actually gonna, win actually money. gonna gain a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, they did that on purpose. Anyways, I don't think um I I'm torn on this. Uh like I said, Joe Mixon offers a, a different skill set from Chase Brown. So and and I think you saw an improvement in the run game once Chase Brown kind of came back. They kind of reverted back to their 2021-2022 form when when Samaj P. Ryan was here as they they both kind of offered different skill sets and different situations and, and all that. So I'm probably on the side of keeping him because why not? Um if he's still a decent running back in the league and uh Is he? And I think he's okay. I think he's middle of the road. There is okay. one stat so that really irks me with Joe Mixon. Um, yards after contact out of qualifying running, running backs that I see here, um, which there's about 40 of them, he is ranked third to last in yards after contact per per rush. And and see, here, here's what you, what you just said I think is a really interesting point, and I think it's it's why I think to me it makes my point as far as it's time to move on. And listen, I, I love Joe Mixon. I think, you know, he's done good things. Uh, he's been a great leader. He's been a good teammate and so on. Great. Uh, but this is a business. And you just mentioned he is a middle-of-the-road running back. Maybe. On probably a good day, he is a middle-of-the-road running back in the NFL. Can the Bengals win a Super Bowl with a middle-of-the-road running back? Yes. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I I think you almost need a, because like if if you're doing a tiered list, like you've got tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five. Let's just say Joe Mixon is a tier three running back. I don't know that you need tier one. I think a tier two is kind of that realm of what you necessarily need for that position. Let's kind of go back each year and see who the running back was on each Super Bowl champion roster, right? Pacheco last last year, I think is probably tier two. The year before, Cam Akers with the Rams, they didn't do anything in the run game and still won the Super Bowl against us, sadly. Bucks, Leonard Fournette wasn't that great of a running back, just had a crazy playoff run. We've seen Joe Mixon have games like this, too. It's not like we haven't seen Joe Mixon have elite games uh, in recent memory. But it has been very inconsistent, which is what worries me. And look, the bank, I'm not looking for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, listen, if, if. if if they announced tomorrow that the Bengals acquired Christian McCaffrey, I would be doing flips here. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, what 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 Super Bowl was that? Forty four? Not fifty four? Fifty four? One with the Niners. Like Who did they have? Uh, I think Damian Williams was their marquee back. I, I'm just more like to to be a consistent. I, I I just don't think the Bengals can win a Super Bowl with Joe Mixon. I think it's time to move on. Is I can I think my my point that I'm trying to make is I just don't. I, I it's time. I don't think he's worth the money. Yeah. Okay. And that's an argument to be made. If you don't think he's worth the money, I just don't know if there's really anybody out there because they're not going to go more expensive at the position, right? They're not going to go out and get Jacobs Barkley. No, Henry. and I should they. No, one name that does intrigue me if they do move on from Joe Mixon that offers a change uh, or offers a different skill set from Chase Brown, and I think we've mentioned this plenty of times, maybe not on the podcast, but off the podcast before, is A.J. Dillon. 
from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, definitely more of a thumper. Dude is uh, the dude's got quads, uh, endless quads. It's an all-you-can-eat quad buffet um, for AJ Dillon, and he should be relatively, really cheap. Uh, given his inability to stay on the field. So that might be an issue with him. Another name I like is Devin Singletary from Houston. I think the skill set's pretty similar to Chase Brown in that aspect, though. I don't know if if you already have Chase Brown, why would you have two of them? Um, You know, I think you need to have a running back that offers uh, a little more, uh, that's a little more varied in in his skill. So I don't know. I just think you... Like Mark asked the question here is, you know, move on from Mixon. He says, is Chase Brown now running back one or do you get a veteran RB1A? And I think I it's more of that ladder. Yeah. The ladder is, it, I, I think that the Bengals next year, the best way for the Bengals to be successful is that they don't have a starting running back in my eyes. And what I mean by that is it's like, and not, I'm just going to say 50% Chase Brown and 50% someone else. Obviously it's not going to be, you know, 50, 50, but I'm more of just like, we need to split it up because I think that running back position needs explosion. You saw that from Chase Brown. He showed some of that explosion in the screen game. And I'm just not sure that I think that Joe Mixon's explosive days are behind him. And that's what worries me. And that's why I just think it's, it's time to time to go on. And again, shake his hand, say thank you, Joe. I appreciate what you've done, but it's it's time. All right. Uh, Travion Williams is another free agent for the Bengals. He is an actual free agent. Uh, bringing him back? I don't think so. I mean, he's. I mean, he already lost his kick returning duties. Chase Brown. Uh, now. Do they go back to Travion because Chase's uh, his role in the offense is a lot more, and you don't want to put him at risk uh, returning kicks? That's uh, potentially a and move that they could do. Um, Travion is a decent blocker too in the backfield. He's a, great, he's a really good pass yeah. blocker. Yeah, no, I think I I I wouldn't be against bringing him back. I, I yeah, think because he's he's cheap too. It's not like you're yeah, he's cheap. What two mil maybe? Like yeah, it's just don't have him be running back number. Don't have him be RB two. That's uh, that's. Yeah, but you know, if Travion Williams is your RB three or four, I'd be I'd pretty, be ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid move. As a whole, though, running backs, I think we've pretty much cleared it. Uh, that I think we've we saw some stuff from Chase Brown, and I'm really excited to see more of what he can bring to the offense because really we didn't ever see Chase Brown with Joe Burrow. No. No. And uh, if we go back to that yards after contact thing, um, Chase Brown, um, if you know, if he were a qualifying running back, he would have been number three or number three. He would have been, uh, I believe, top ten in the league in yards after really? contact. So yeah, they, that's. I think he was. Um, I think it is was that like just on points. runs, or does that count? Is that all purpose? It's a. It's just on runs. It's not an okay. all purpose uh, stat. Uh, the one and the and the other thing I kind of want to talk about with Mixon that and I and I think that this cannot be um, this cannot be overvalued, but Mixon still has shown um, I know where you're headed with this. ability of of taking care of the football. He does not fumble the ball. He he he. Yeah, he he looks like he may have lost a little bit of explosion, but you know he's not turning the ball over. At least he's. Uh, Let's see. What did Riley say? Not RB one. I mean, they already have him pretty cheap, right? I mean, they're paying him eight mil. 
um, eight mil cap hit, I guess. So, so I don't know. I. Uh, it is interesting, though. You mentioned it. I think it, the, the stat that I heard yesterday, I think I was listening to Dave Lapham. He interviewed Zach Taylor. I was listening to that yesterday, and I think Dave Lapham said that the stat was is that the Bengals uh, fumbled the ball 10 times last season and lost two of them. Mm-hmm. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's good coaching. That's good coaching. It's a good people in the locker room that know how to take care of the football. And you're right uh, on Joe Mixon. That's the one thing I think. What has he lost? One foot fumble in his career? That is the one. Uh, yeah, I think it's one or two. I think um, I think we can count it on one hand for sure. And he's been in the league for seven eight know, years. Yeah, this is uh, this was his seventh year in the league. So, I mean, that's yeah. The ball security cannot be cannot be undervalued. It's a it's a big deal. Especially when we've seen running backs in, in, in Bengals history that have shown no ability to uh, handle the football or, or take no, care of the football. You're not going there right now, it, are you? Especially it, you know, with two minutes to go in a playoff uh, game. We were having yeah. a happy time. We're gonna Alex Schubert's gonna pop in here now and he's gonna start bringing his Jeremy Hill love. Oh god, this no, comment section. No, no, if he does, no. if he does, Mick, I, I'm making an executive decision that he will get booted from the from the uh, comment section that day. <laughs> Agreed? Oh, yeah, there's no argument that can be made for Jeremy Hill. Uh, <laughs> Let's go wide receivers. Uh, returners next year for uh, the Bengals on, on offense for the wide receiver position, Jamar Chase. Let's come back to him here in a second because there's some interesting mm-hmm. things this offseason for Jamar. Andre Yoshivash, Trenton Irwin, Charlie Jones. You know, those three are probably... I think for I think if those are your four, five, and six wide receivers next year, you're probably feeling pretty decent. Isn't Irwin a free agent? I don't believe so. From what I, I was able I to had do, a on mark my... as a free agent on here. Let me let me take a look. Well, while here. you look at that, let's go back to Jamar Chase here. Uh, Jamar Chase is extension eligible for the first time this offseason. Uh, now the Bengals can offer him the fifth year option. Now that is probably there's no can to that. It will be the Bengals will offer him a the fifth year option, which is projected to be twenty one point six million dollars for him in twenty twenty five would be his contract. Which honestly, for Jamar Chase, that's a bargain. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be a no decision for him. Six million ever spent. Uh, back to Trenton Irwin, he is a free agent this year. Uh, interesting. What I, I, I saw that he wasn't a free agent until next year. That's interesting. Here's the caveat to this. Uh, he's 29 years old. But here's the biggest thing. Old. Here's the biggest thing with, with Trenton Irwin as well is he Burrow loves him and Burrow trusts him. And that's yeah. huge. I'd, I'd bring him back for the cheap. Right now, I think OTC has him valued at probably two mil. If that, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be super mil. cheap. Um. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I would love to have Trent Irwin back, even even though he is hitting that the age thirty season. If you could bring him back for two years, five million, or two years, four million, I, I would sign up for that every day of the week. And I would assume um, he would probably be one of those guys too that would be more than willing to come a little bit cheaper because it's not like he's anybody's going to be paying him insane amounts of money because he's very much a he. He is a wide receiver four at the best in the NFL. Yeah. He's not, he's not, if, if he, he is a fill-in starter, like you need him for two or three games, you're good. He's not a starter every day in the NFL. 
Now, and I love Trent Irwin. He's done great things, and he's filled in and done great things. But he's not a guy that you probably want to trust uh, long-term. Free, uh, let's talk Jamar Chase extension. Uh, for me, though, Mick, I, I don't think that there will be an extension done this offseason for Jamar Chase. One. And two, I don't think there's any shot there's an extension done until Justin Jefferson gets his done. Yeah, I think that they're going to play the game, the waiting game amongst each other here. Um, now, I think if Jay Jettis doesn't get it done like early, we could see a Jamar Chase extension this offseason. But they do have other priorities, though, that they need to figure out now. Um, you know, they're going to have to figure out um, nose tackle. We don't know what's going to happen with DJ Reader. They're probably going to have to add another corner. They might look at safety. Uh, you know, and then, you know, they, they could be looking at a slot right, wide receiver in free agency as well. I mean, they've got they've got other positions they probably need to fill first, but I think the Jamar extension should be um, a fairly high priority, at least in training camp, maybe, if not, maybe this offseason. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing um, on that realm with it. Uh, Jaden writes in and says, fire the O-line coach. We'll talk about the offensive line here in just a few minutes, Jaden, um, yeah. when we talk about that and break that part down. Let's go to the offense, the wide receiver free agents. We touched on Trent Irwin. There's two big ones. Um, first one for both of these, it's important to mention, because technically, Mick, they can franchise tag Tyler Boyd. Technically, they can. They're they're not going to franchise tag Tyler Boyd, <laughs> if if they, but technically, technically they can. Uh, Twenty one point seven million dollars will be the franchise tag. Uh, spot track, which is a good. I mean, it's not a perfect prediction on contracts, but for both of these guys, for extensions for T Higgins, four years, seventy four point four mil is what they're projecting, which would be eighteen point six million per year. Tyler Boyd would be three years, 26.1 for 8.7 mil per. Tell you, the, the Tyler Boyd, I'm kind of agreeing with Mark. I love Tyler Boyd. Uh, I just don't see a spot for him financially on this team next season. I, I just think that position needs to be younger. Yeah, I think it needs to be younger. And there are two names that I will throw out you throw at you right now that I think could easily feel that void in the slot that are going to be free agents and are younger. Uh, Darius Tony? No, but KJ Osborne from the Vikings. Now I don't know if he's as good as Boyd, but um, definitely younger, quicker, um, has had success in the league. And then here's my personal favorite, who's he didn't have a very good year this year, but. I think could bounce back with Joe Burrow, and that's Darnell Mooney from the Chicago Bears. Um, we've seen him um, pretty much be the wide receiver one in Chicago for a couple years. Um, I think he, I, I just really like the way he plays football. He just plays very fast. He's got a quick t twitch to him. I think he's really good at the catch point for for a small guy. Uh, really good at the, at, at the catch point. Uh, and then both of those guys primarily line up in the slot. So I think that there are options out there in free agency to fill this slot receiver void uh, rather than re-signing Tyler Boyd, who clearly lost a step uh, in 2023. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I love Tyler Boyd. He's done great things, but it, it's just time to move on. Now, that T. Higgins contract that it, it, it mentioned here for extension, 
four years, 74.4 for 18.6 mil per. That somewhat intrigues me. It intrigues me, but what given who his agent is, I don't think that he would try to go for that at all. I, He's going to go for wide receiver one money. He's going to go for at least 2020 or probably at least 22 a mil mil a year. Um, and I do not think the Bengals should resign him for that. Yes. No, I, I, I think to me, you know, you've got, you've got multiple options for the Bengals this, this season for, for T Higgins. I think you, you can franchise tag. You can give him an extension. Theoretically, you can let him walk, which would probably get you a third round pick compensatory. More than likely, unless the Bengals sign a high-level free agent similar to Orlando Brown Jr., which canceled out the Jesse Bates compensatory selection. So you're probably you would probably get a higher pick for that. Maybe fourth for, for T. Higgins. Uh, and then you can also tag and trade. For me, I know we we've talked about this ad nauseum over these last couple of weeks. I think the tag number of 21.7 is gonna happen. Um I would I be surprised know. if it doesn't. I don't know, just given all the other spots they have to fill. Um, and then you have 2022 just eaten up, or 22 uh, million of cap being eaten up just by one guy that you're not even going to keep for more than one season. I mean, yeah, that 2020, that 22 frees up in 2025, I guess, but I don't know. I'm kind of erring on the side of spend that money elsewhere. There's a lot of good free agents out here. And rebuild the defense or rebuild some key positions on the defense, maybe find a new slot receiver, maybe find a running back. I, I just don't know if I would want to tag T. Um especially but, given uh how this year kind of panned out for him. One of the big things that stands out though is you know Joe Burrow talked at the end of the offseason and they asked him something along the lines of, do you expect T. Higgins back? And he said, yes, I expect T. Higgins back. Now, listen, I, I get it. I mean, obviously, it's not like he's going to be like, nope, I hope he's gone. You know, but it, it was a resounding endorsement from the most important person in the Bengals organization right now. Yep. And, and that doesn't mean nothing. No, it doesn't. And because Joe easily could not, he, he wouldn't say, you know, I don't want T back, but he he obviously could have said like, well, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a business. It's a business. We understand that. Or, you know, or so, he could have, yeah. Joe is very political. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, do, I do agree. That is a resounding endorsement. I just don't want him. I, I don't want the Bengals signing him for wide receiver one money. No. Uh, I think that would be very detrimental to the rest of the roster. You know, to me, like if they announced that extension tomorrow and they said T. Higgins has been re-signed four years, 74.4 for 18.6 mil, to me, that would be the mark where I'd be like, yes, okay, okay, I'm fine with that. Anything more, I think, is where we're getting into the, I'm going to get Don't a little worried it. about it. Yeah. Yes. But I think if, if they announced that deal tomorrow, I think I would be I would be more than happy with it. As long as they find a way to to extend Jamar, I really don't care. You know, I sorry to say this, I I'm, I'd be okay with letting T walk. I'd be okay with extending him as long as it's not for a crazy amount of money. You know, that eighteen mil is is kind of sounds like a sweet spot right there. I just don't see his agent going for that. No, I I don't either. 
Uh, let's talk uh, tight end. You ready <laughs> for the list of returners at tight end, Mick? Are you ready for it here? Okay, let's move on to the free agents. Because <laughs> we just mentioned all the returners. So I feel bad for James Casey, the tight ends coach. He's pretty much the uh, Will Smith, you know, walking into his room being like, well, it's just me now. Yeah. I don't even think uh, he's got a practice squad tight end. He does. He's got nobody. He he's got nobody there. Now, the good news is, is that they probably, uh, they, I, they should. I don't know if they will or, you know, how likely it is, but I think Drew Sample and Tanner Hudson could come back. I think they're both low cost and provide a lot of value. Um, with that being said, this tight end free agency class is uh, kind of bare. Um, no love for Irv Smith coming back? No. Really? I thought you were a big Irv Smith guy, right? I mean, what was your favorite Irv Smith moment as a Bengal? Um, see, see not look, that, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one wondering. That, definitely not that fumble against San Fran. Um, what about his touchdown, touchdown, his touchdown, touchdown against, against Bills? Bills? Yeah. Against Bills? It was. That was a good moment. You know. Can you name a second one? No, I don't think actually did he score. I think he did score a second one. He scored one against the Texans. He might have. Now I'm looking up his his stats this year. Of just, I don't even know how many catches yet. Okay, uh, okay, I have not looked. Uh, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna say he had off the top of my head. Did he even have 20 catches? Uh no, no. I'd say he had like I'm gonna 16 or 17. I was gonna say 17, 17. So let's look. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it load over here. I really 18 catches, one touchdown. His fantasy point total 15.5 all season. He had oh 18 God. catches for 115 yards. He only had two catches from December on. That's yeah. So um, he's not coming back. There are no. a couple names in free agency that do intrigue me. I've talked about this with you before. I really like Colby Parkinson out of Seattle. I think that. Uh, one, the dude's insanely tall. He's six seven, uh, moves really well given his size. Uh, I think him and Burrow would click really well. Now, the only issue is is that the Bengals are going to have to pay him more than whatever they had to pay Irv Smith, which was probably nothing. But I, like it, they signed him for like two mil, three mil, too much. <laughs> two mil, too much. Um, right now, I think Spot Rack has Colby Parkinson valued at. I think six mil a year. So yeah, they're going to have to shelve out a little more investment at the tight end. But I think we saw this season what spending the bare minimum of tight end could could do. Um, yeah, I think, listen, Joe Burrow made CJ Uzama and Hayden Hurst look like good tight ends. And and, and listen, they're not. I'm not by no means trying to throw slander towards those two guys. But those guys are not upper tier tight ends. They're no. not. Now, it's, possible, best. it's possible Hayden Hurst could get cut from Carolina and he he, he could sign back here on the cheap. And you I mean, also got to wonder, be... too, about Hayden Hurst's health. Yeah. I mean, the dude's older. He's, a, what is he? He's in his mid-30s, I think. Well, then he had yeah. the whole, like, concussion and had the yeah. Uh, yeah. amnesia with it and all that or something, wasn't it? Or some weird... Yeah. He did have and a weird did... concussion story. I don't really remember too much about it, but... 
Um, we we got a run blocking tight end if he resigns. Mark uh, Drew Sample hopefully would. Uh, and would I know you weren't here last week, but I asked the question to Alex Mick was who is the most important Bengals free agent to resign other than the obvious? So like not counting your your big six. And to mm-hmm. me, it was Drew Sample. Kind of in that next tier down. I think he's really important for the Bengals to resign because I think he had he had a really good season. I'm gonna go with uh oh well he's an exclusive rights free agent. I'm gonna go with Cal Adamitis. Uh, Listen, <laughs> he needs I, to come I, back. He's a good long snapper. He did good. He's, well, uh, luckily, uh, luckily he really doesn't have much of a choice to come back because they're gonna bring him back yeah. because he's because nobody knows who he is, and that's I as think, a long snapper. The best thing that a long snapper can have is when nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, I think I could agree with that statement for sure. Mitchell Wilcox is the other tight end that we and Tanner Hudson are the other two that we didn't really mention. You probably see Mitchell Wilcox back too. It seems like he we can get the guy on the cheap. Yeah, um, and and I think Tanner Hudson probably in that same realm that he's probably going to be fairly cheap that he'd be a body. To me, I think you you've got your wide res- your your tight end two, three, and four. You got to go question, number one, yeah. And 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 that question is is do you get a guy like who you mentioned Parkinson, or do you, you know, I, I you know my my dream is Brock Bowers. He's not going to be there at eighteen. No. But if he's if he's there at eighteen, uh, Duke Tobin better make the phone call. Like I get it that the Bengals need offensive line, they need defensive line help, but my goodness, Brock Bowers with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins next season, like run it back, let's roll. <laughs> Who the heck's stopping them? Now there there uh, are other tight ends uh, in the mid rounds we could look at. Jatavion Sanders from Texas, Texas uh, is, I think, I know. a second round guy. Cade Stover yep. from Ohio State. Any other names? Uh, off the top of my head, I haven't. It's it's still uh, we're in fact. Three months today? Is the draft on the 24th? Is that when it starts? Now I'm thinking about it. It might be three months today. Now that I'm looking at it, I got got to go dive dive into this. No, 25th. So tomorrow is three months until the draft. Three months. So I think we're a little less than 100 days until the Bengals will be on the clock. uh, Close. Well, I guess not quite this time. It'll be about in about an hour. I guess probably, you know, luckily we don't have to stay up until like midnight like we have the past couple of years. That's been a little weird waiting for the Bengals to pick because they've had to pick towards the end of the first round. Yep. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll see it probably around, what, 1030, do you think? 1030, 11 o'clock. They, they start uh, to just fly off the board right after. They do. Like 15, I think. Or... I think it's going to be really interesting too with trades and so on. Like what, what could we see? Because. It's an interesting quarterback draft, and obviously we'll talk more about the draft in April just because there's a lot to it. It's an interesting quarterback draft, though, uh, which to me is going to be interesting to see how it goes. How about yep, the uh, everybody's favorite part to talk about with the offense, the offensive line? Uh, yeah, The offensive line. Uh, so returners next year. These are the guys that are under contract. These are under contract next year. Orlando Brown Jr., Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jackson Carmen, Trey Hill. They're under contract. Oh, and then Deontay Smith. I forgot him on there. Can't forget about Deontay Smith. Those guys are under contract next year. Free agents, Jonah Williams, Max Sharping are the free agents on that offensive line. Um, and Cody Ford on that line as well. Now, when we're talking about Jonah Williams, again, technically, 
they can franchise tag him. Technically, they can. And technically, they could franchise tag Cody Ford or Max Sharping if they wanted to. I mean, technically, they can. They would only just have to pay them $21.7 million per. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, can, can you imagine if they announced tomorrow the Bengals franchise tag Max Sharping? Like, <laughs> Cody Ford, we'd love I his fiance on be, TikTok I think so much. Everybody be asking Max Sharping, like, what dirt did you find on the Brown family? Yeah. <laughs> Beyond that, like, my goodness, uh, Cody Ford, uh, we just love your uh, your fiance so much on TikTok that we uh, we want to we want to keep her around, so we're willing to pay you twenty two million dollars a year. You know, I think my I think my wife would sign up for that. Uh, I think I, I I am on the side of keeping both of them back or bringing both of them back, um, if the situation's right for all parties involved. Well, just because uh, they both provide really good depth uh, on the line. Not neither of them are starters, but we've seen Sharping come in when he's needed. Cody Ford's been the sixth offensive lineman this year, um, and then obviously listen, Cody Ford's got a got a TikTok star for for a wife. I, for a I think we're start we're starting the uh, the trend now. Hashtag franchise Cody Ford. Franchise Ford. There we go. <laughs> Hashtag franchise Ford. We're gonna start it right now. It is interesting though, Mick. Now I I don't expect this deal to be accurate, but Spot Track had Jonah Williams four years, forty three point four million for ten point eight million per. I don't think that's right. Is that that's really what they what had it, it when I looked at it today? And to me, that's very low. I thought I saw something like fifteen million a year. That's last what I'd night. seen earlier, and this was as of you know three o'clock this afternoon or whenever it was that I was looking at it. But I found it very interesting. I'm like, if they, if they could get Jonah Williams for that cheap, I'd be willing to do that because I think you look at this offensive line next year. Your left tackle, your center, and your right guard, I think, are all coming back. I know Mick, you had mentioned Ted Karras. Technically, they can cut him. They'd have one million in debt cap and dead cap, and would save six point four mil against the cap. Uh, the only part that worries me there is just the lack of any semblance of depth on the offensive line at center. I know you had mentioned Cushionberry and so on. We can talk about that more as free agency comes along. Left guard to me is probably solidified as well. Cordell Volson played a lot better as the season went along, but right tackle is a huge hole. Yeah. Uh, and we have a really good draft class coming up at right tackle as well. Uh, and Marius Mims is somebody I constantly mock to the Bengals, uh, and I do mock drafts, you know, pretty often. Um, you got other guys. You got Talise Fuaga from uh, Oregon from State. Oregon State. You J.C. Latham. J.C. Latham from Alabama, which I know Alex loves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you got three big names right there. Um, and the best part about this, too, is it hits the Bengals the right spot to yep. these right tackles. They're not going to have to reach to get any of these guys. No, they're not. Uh, and even I've seen the guy from Penn State. I've seen him drop in some recent mocks. I think Dane Brugler had him as like 12th or 13th in his most recent mock draft, which to me was interesting because you will see an offensive lineman pretty much every year. One big offensive lineman will drop a little bit more than people thought. Now, is it going to yeah. be that guy whose name I cannot pronounce? Uh, there you go. Look at him go. Um, the dude from Yale. Uh, Kieran uh, Agendeje? Agendeje? I don't know. Kieran from uh, from Yale. So just because we have a guy from Princeton, now we need somebody from Yale? Are we going to have like a fight, Ivy League fight? Yeah. Get Fitzpatrick. 
So Olu Fushanu, I don't think it's a matter of his skill uh, that's causing him to drop, but I think it's just that there are skill position players that are being mocked ahead of him. I mean, we're looking at um, right now we're looking at, you know, at least three quarterbacks in Williams, uh, May, and uh, in Jaden Daniels. You're looking at a ton of wide receivers. I mean, I think here, I, I personally, I think Harrison's going to go number one if Chicago stays in that number one pick. And you're going to have Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze are probably all going to be top 10 picks. Um, yeah. You're going to have the guys that, that uh, there will be somebody who sneaks into that top 10. You know, yeah. there, there will be those guys who right now are in the 20 to 30 range who test out of the waters. Jer- I think Jerzon Newton might sneak from Illinois. The yeah. The Jerzon guy from Newton. Texas. The Byron interior Murphy. guy from Texas. Savanjo has been Swift rising. Be, yeah, no, uh, Murphy. Murphy. I don't think Byron Murphy should be a top 10 pick either. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's been rising a lot. Um, did he have a good senior bowl? Is that what's driving it? Do you know? Or. I, I don't I think the Senior Bowl hasn't even happened. I don't think the Senior Bowl is I wonder until like. Just, I wonder what's just randomly. Isn't the Senior Bowl next week? I thought it was the it's week. The third, after. the third of February. So it's oh, it's, okay. it's it's next week. Oh yeah, it's always the week in between the, the yes. top championships and the Super Bowl. It's the day before the Pro Bowl games. Yeah. Yay! Everyone's excited for the Pro Bowl games. Yay! What did the Bengals do at right tackle though, Mick? I think they draft a guy in the first round. I don't see I don't see them re-signing Jonah. I just looked at Mike McGlinchey's contract he signed last offseason. I think that's a pretty good comparison to Jonah. Uh McGlinchey signed for 15 mil a year uh last year. Um so yeah, I, I don't think Jonah is gonna be signing around the 10, 11 mil range. I think he's gonna probably want McGlinchey money and uh McGlinchey. <laughs> And the biggest thing, too, with Jonah uh, is I don't know that Jonah wants to come back. I don't think he does either. If we're going to be honest I, here, I don't think he does. I mean, he met some weird guy in a Target one day, and it's gone downhill from there. For I mean, those of you, for those of you that don't know, I met Jonah at Target once. Really nice, down to earth guy. Really, really happy to meet him. Uh, and, I don't know and, if he's happy to meet me or not, but uh, you did take I, an awkward yeah. selfie with him, didn't you? I don't think it was awkward. I thought it looked all right. I wish I had it to pull up. I remember you just, I think, randomly sent me the selfie with you and Jonah Williams. I was like, oh, that's Jonah Williams. I've got, I think I've got a picture in the Houday Nation group. Maybe we'll share it next week or whenever we do an in memoriam for him for when he signs elsewhere. Um, It it might be in the old Houday Nation group, though. R.I.P. Son of a gun, it is. R.I.P. It's along with T Tuesday as well. Um, I think that that right tackle position, if you know, you know. <laughs> the right tackle position, though, I agree. What I would be interesting is, yeah, oh, the people want to see it. They want to see it, Mick. Well, it's it's on my. It might be on my Snapchat, actually. Um, uh, I was gonna say, if you send it to me, I can then put it onto the stream. If you can find it in the next couple of minutes, uh, probably the best way to do it is if you could email it to me. If it's easy for you to do that, to email or you can text it to me i guess we could do it that well oh uh, hey i found it um oh look at that this. you uh it'll be interesting though is you know would this be one of those positions though that the Bengals might sign a guy 
you know, and I'm dropping name dropping here, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, but do they even sign a guy like this as insurance and a guy like George Fant? You know, I someone know you in that were, realm. Knew of, you were going to yeah, bring up and, George. And listen, Fant. I know the, the, the what, but as and and listen, I don't necessarily want George Fant to be the starting right tackle. But do they sign someone like that to be a, an insurance policy? Because what happens if at eighteen, Boaga, Latham, and and uh, uh, Mims are all gone? You know. Because the draft very well could could do that way. Are you going to trust a second or a third round offensive lineman to potentially start in that aspect? I I don't know that you're necessarily trusting that. Okay, you've sent me an email. You've I don't know. I, I oh. sent a link to Snapchat. I don't know. It didn't let me. Let me. Oh, it just, did. It did. It did. Okay. Let me let me figure out how I can. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're I'm gonna figure this out. While we're talking about it, because Mick, let's talk about though the Frank Pollock situation. Uh, uh, it seems uh, like the Bengals are bringing uh, him back. Yeah, yep, they are. And how does that make you feel? Not great. Um, I will say we saw an improvement from the offensive line this year, but still, it was disappointing. This this offensive line should have been rated at the very least the top half of the league uh, offensive line, and it has not lived up to that bill. Now, it is the best-rated offensive line of the Zach Taylor era via PFF. Um, I think they were ranked 22nd this year. I don't think they ranked higher than 26th or 27th in the other four years. So, yeah, we saw an improvement, but still disappointing, and I don't think Frank should keep his job. But I'm intrigued by – oh, it is no longer available. What? I'm trying. Oh nope, here it is. Okay, we're working on it now. I got to figure out how to how to actually get this picture to my. Let's see if this will work. I'm working on it here. Nope, that's not going to work. Okay, am I going to have to take like a screenshot of this? Like uh, like, like a snip. Okay. You do a snip. Yep, I got to do this here. I hope this doesn't screw up the. Uh... This is great podcasting too, isn't it, Mick? Oh, it's over here in the corner. I'm seeing it now. Where? Oh wait, nope. Oh well, I guess okay. This is this is this is a mess here. This is great podcasting, though. This is the thing we do for the people to make sure that we bring them a picture of you and Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams, though, looks a whole lot more excited to be taking the picture than you do with him. If I'm being honest, now that I've seen the picture again, okay, I've got it. Let's see if it'll work. Let's see if it'll work. This is, I mean, is this not just the greatest podcasting you've ever seen? Yeah, where's the picture at, Sam? I sent it's it coming. You. It's coming. It's I got we gotta find it here. Come on. You you should be here. Oh, that's right. It should be over in this aspect, isn't it? It's probably there it is. Okay. We the got whole it. Let's see if it'll work. I know. It, it's we're killing all of this time and we're wasting and we're already going long. Bang! There it is. The picture of Mick and Jonah Williams. Before the man bun. It was. And before a lot of the tattoos, too, I think the tattoos came longer. But you do, he looks a lot happier to be taking the picture. Are you in the kids section? No, this is at the very front of the store. Oh, was he shopping in the dollar section? Or was you? Yeah, I was going to say, you look truly unenthused. <laughs> um, I wasn't. I was pretty stoked uh, and had a good conversation with him. He was really great. Um. I think it, it kind of looked like we could be brothers there, honestly. Uh, yeah, kind of uh, a little similar. 
Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't think we look dissimilar. Um, no, I mean, you all are both white men with beards. Yeah, little little on the bigger side. Um, we and we both did bring up that. I mean, Alex and I talked that we thought you weren't here last week because you were training to be the Bengals' next offensive right tackle. Yep, that's what I was doing. You become actually, the first Devin. I think I'd be better than Devin Cochran or uh, or Jackson Kirkland, especially so it's Jackson in, Kirkland. It's interesting. So Paul Daner Jr. from the Athletic today <laughs> released his "Choose Your Own Adventure" worksheet. So if you subscribe to the Athletic, it's a really cool thing that they go through. And it's a little spreadsheet that he makes, and you can go through and you can pick with like uh, projected numbers to play with a cap and so on. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I was playing with it a little bit earlier, but he he snuck a little Easter egg in there as the open spot of offensive right tackle three or offensive tackle three. He put Bobby Hart, and you could sign him for one dollar. I would pick Bobby Hart over both of those guys. Invincible, but making the Bengals. <laughs> That's a good movie. Really good movie. You want to talk some uh, playoffs, okay. some conference championships? You know, and yeah, the I think because as a whole, yeah, I was going to say as a whole, I think the offense. Uh, it, 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 to me, it's just the what if of Joe Burrow. You know, if he'd have stayed healthy, yep. I think we could have had a a lot of it because in those couple of weeks, you know, you're thinking of 49ers, Buffalo, Houston, in that stretch there where they were healthy. They looked like a really, really good offense. Okay, Riley, uncalled for. Riley says I can't even play flag QB. That is BS. I was good at flag QB. You were Riley, the backup. You were the backup center on the Randall K. Cooper High School freshman football team. I was, were you not? I was the backup center. Um, so you do have experience starting, on the offensive starting line. quarterback of the Theta Chi C team, flag bowl, flag, and and MB team in my sophomore junior year flag football team um riley was like my tight end or center like he played center but he went he went out for a route every time was, instead was of block run for my life and just run to him um he was like a um you, are you shoot. better than jake browning <laughs> who's who's like uh who's a really thick tight end just like uh because you've met you've met Riley, uh, a thick boy, Jeremy Shockey. No, no. Who am I thinking of? Gosh, I'm trying to think here. It, Riley might it's be the like, free agent tight end signing. It's like, it's like if a if the six offensive lineman came out and reported eligible in, you know, had well, a uh, uh, had a uh, route. Jake, uh, what was the guy from Oregon who was drafted in the second Jake round? Fisher. Jake, Jake Fisher. Fisher. Riley there we go. Jake Fisher. That's the best. Jake Fisher. Just described it. <laughs> That's a good one because he would always go out and try and catch passes. I think he caught one or two. Uh, there we go. Riley is Jake Fisher. So maybe if you want Jake Fisher as your tight end, Mark, then yes, Riley is going to be the Bengals' next tight end. Dude, that was such a terrible draft. That was, was oh the twenty fifteen draft. Yeah. Yeah. and Fisher. Look where they're at. Um, not Oof. good. Oof. Who are you cheering for in the AFC Championship, Nick? I'm cheering for the Ravens. Um, and it's not like I have like that much against the Chiefs, but we've seen the Chiefs win plenty. Um, you know, I think Harbaugh definitely deserves a second ring. And, uh, you know, Lamar's played really well. That defense is probably the best defense I've seen since uh, 2015 Broncos. I think they're that good, which uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go Ravens. I I I I can't do it. I I I I I don't want the Chiefs. I will. I don't think I'm going to cheer. I just want like, to watch I, the game. I mean, yes. if I'm honest with you. I think we both agree that we're both going to pick the Ravens to win. Yeah, I think the uh, Ravens blow out the Chiefs. I think it's. I don't uh, think it's going to be close. But then again, it's so hard to bet against Mahomes. You know, he he somehow does it. And the only quarterback that that hasn't that that has had a number in the playoff, you know, two quarterbacks have beaten him in the playoffs: Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So it's I I don't know. You know, is Lamar in that category? I think so, probably. But then, if you read the uh, have you read the stat of the the Josh Allen playoff curse? Did you what see this earlier today? That every no. year that Josh Allen has made the playoffs. The team that beat him lost the week after, every single year. So that means that Mahomes is going to try and break year. the Josh Allen curse. Yep, and it happened yep. the year prior because the he, beat the, he lost again. to the Chiefs. Yeah, Bengals lost to the Chiefs, and so on. So it's it was just kind of funny uh, looking at that. Uh, I do kind of agree with what Mark said. I, I think the Ravens are, are the are the best team right now. Uh, on the NFC side, Mick, can the Lions continue? The hot stretch. I mean, were the were the 49ers kind of exposed by the Packers, or was that the fluke that the 49ers needed? No, I, I don't think they were exposed by the Packers. I think the Packers were a legitimately good football team that got hot at, at the, the right, right time. time in the season. And so I, I still do think the Niners win the game. I think it's probably I don't think it's gonna be as much of a nail biter as it was against Green Bay. Um, I think that the Lions match up way better against, uh, or the, 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 the Niners match up way better against the Lions. Um, you know, I think the Lions secondary is a big question mark. And I think that the Niners receivers are going to have a field day with them. I just, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm still rooting for the Lions. That's the um, team I'm cheering for. If, if you tell me I can pick one team to win the Super Bowl, that's the team I want. Probably the Lions. It was the Bills and the Lions, and you know, or the Lions. You know, kind of one A, one B. Now the Bills are out, so uh, definitely Lions fan for the next couple weeks. But th- there's a reason why I don't want the Niners in. One, I've already seen a Super Bowl with the Niners in the in the Chiefs or the Niners and the Ravens. I hate seeing a, a, a new like the same matchup. In the Super Bowl, I like seeing two new teams or a, a new matchup. And two, you've, we've seen this all throughout the, the season that the colors of the Super Bowl logo mm-hmm. coincide with the teams in the Super Bowl. And I really hope I don't see that for a third year in a row because now I'm going to start like, you know, panicking when you see next year's thinking, logo, thinking things. Yes. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping it's not Ravens. Niners. I'm hoping it's Ravens, Lions, um, or Chiefs, Niners. Just for that, um, just just for that, honestly, or Chiefs, Lions. I, I agree with you that it'll be Ravens, 49ers. So those have been the two best teams all season. Uh, yeah, pretty consistently. You know, the best players all year have been on that. You know, Lamar, McCaffrey, Purdy. You know, have been on those teams. It's just I, I think those are the two best teams, so I think that that will be your Super Bowl here in, in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Lions can be really poetic, though. Like the first game of the season, 
I meant to go back and look and see has that happened. I don't think that's happened before. There's no way. Uh, Now I got to look here to see on the, uh, I got to Google first game of the NFL season. Um, His NFL kickoff game history. So yeah, because I mean, it would have to be a team that would make it to consecutive Super Bowls. And uh, so like you had last year was Bills, Rams, Cowboys, Bucks, Texans, Chiefs, Packers, Bears, Falcons, Eagles, Chiefs, Patriots, Panthers, Broncos in 2016. That was a rematch of the previous year's Super Bowl. So uh, you had, correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. It is. It is. It has not happened. At least looking. There's a bunch. Been a bunch of conference matchups in here as well. It's not happened since at least 2002 when they started that game. So that would be something that would at least be somewhat interesting to watch as it goes along. Next week on the show, we're going to switch gears and talk all about the defense. Uh, defensive line, uh, there's a lot of questions there. The linebacker core, I think, has some interesting ones, too. I mean, I think your your num- Logan Wilson is set, but, you know, is, is Jermaine Pratt a cut candidate? Uh, that could be a discussion to have. Is B.J. Hill a cut candidate on the defensive line? That's a discussion to have. What do they do with D.J. Reader? Dax Hill, you know, it. How much trust is he, is he as the starting safety? That'll be a discussion point for next year. Do they move him to corner? Do the Bengals sign a safety? You know, how does all of that work? You know, it, it, that'll be an interesting discussion. We'll also talk a little bit probably about special teams as well. I know that Jaden asked earlier about the punter situation. That'll be a good uh, discussion for us next week as well. Talking about, you know, what do the Bengals do with Brad Robbins? Um, Evan McPherson is up for a, an extension. To me, that's one of the easiest decisions ever is give the man what he wants. Uh, we already mentioned Cal Adamitis. You know, he's probably going to be re-signed as well, but I think there'll be interesting discussions for that as well next week. Yep, yep, looking forward to it. Remember to follow us on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we are on Twitter. Uh, We're on your favorite podcasting platform. You can go back and listen to the show that way as well. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, whatever it might be. There's that one French platform, too, that I can never remember the name of. Uh, But make sure you go back and listen to us that way as well. Uh, Mick, it's been fun, and uh, we'll see you next week for Defensive Breakdown. Can't wait. Who day, guys? Who day? Thanks for watching.